What's up, good people? Welcome to TMI, the podcast that is all about teaching, motivating, and igniting your spirit. My name is Jordan Malone. I am your host for today, and this is a little different. Usually, I don't do episodes on Sunday. Usually, I do the midnight drop yesterday, midnight, just talk about, reflect on the week. But this is not the case because this special episode requires more attention, more thought out, uh, thought out reasoning explanations and this week has been one of the craziest weeks we can really think of this episode pertains to the recent events that have now some are now cemented in our history books the african-american community has been scorned and has been faced with another death in the family multiple deaths in fact those deaths specifically for this situation pertain to brianna taylor maude arbery and George Floyd. This has now led to the entire country protesting, screaming, fighting, rioting, looting, and destroying so many things that really just express our frustration with what's going on in our country. With everything going on, I want to take my time to spend with you guys, my audience, my dear audience, to speak on why this is happening. I want to talk about the good. I want to talk about the bad. I want to talk about the ugly. I want to talk about the facts. I want to talk about multiple opinions spread throughout social media between people and myself. And I want to overall just speak on my perspective and the thoughts going on with these current events. I believe that if you have a platform, no matter what the audience's size and purpose, it needs to be brought up. Doesn't matter if your audience size is only six, it doesn't matter if your audience size is 10,000, no matter if your audience size is a million, issues like this need to be brought up because this is not just only an African-American issue, this is a humanitarian issue. This is an ethical issue. And I believe that it's my job to bring it up and to inform, motivate, and ignite. That's what this podcast is all about. And I'm not gonna have an intro or anything like this is straight just coming out the sword, everything. And I'll go ahead and I'll get started with how we got here. How did we get here? And I'll go ahead and start that. The fight for equality and justice has been alive for many, many years. It follows through the industrial age, the civil rights movement, the Black Panther Party movement, several wars, and also today's transgressions. African-Americans have been subjugated to all kinds of violence, psychological harm, financial inequality, health inequality, social inequality, and so much more throughout most of recorded American history. In this case, we're dealing with police brutality. And it's proven to be an enormous blight in the African-American community. We have seen police officers kill unarmed black men and women that is so widespread in our country, in fact, that there is a actual group called the Mapping Police Violence that is dedicated to finding out how many murders there are from from police officers that in the years between 2013 and 2019, there has been a total of 6,000 666 African Americans that have been killed by police officers across the country. And side note, I urge you to follow and to look up mapping police violence. 
you will start to understand more and more what the numbers say about what's going on. And I'll bring this up. If we have the time, if we had the time, I bet you right now everyone would recount every single name of every African-American that's been murdered. Just last year alone, we had 1,004 African-Americans murdered by police officers. And then some of the most recent names have catalyzed the start of these protests. Like I said before, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. And if you don't know these three people, first of all, you're late in the game. And second of all, I'll go ahead and explain it for you. Ahmaud Arbery was a 25-year-old African-American. He went out for a jog in Brunswick, Georgia. While he went out for a jog, three white Americans came to him, was driving right behind him and was chased him, chasing him down and then in cold blood murdered him. Murdered him because they thought he fit a description of another African-American that was in the suspect of burglarizing homes. But in that case, it was true. It was showcased that it wasn't true. For Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor was a University of Louisville health worker who was shot by multiple police officers in her home, in her own home with, in this attitude, and I quote, with no regard for human life in her own, no regard for human life. George Floyd, known to be the twin brother of Stephen Jackson after what happened, was killed by a police officer, Derek Chauvin, who was held neck down with a knee, with Derek Chauvin's own knee, and was also held down by other officers, all because a person thought that the $20 bill he gave was a counterfeit bill, which turned out to be a real bill, actually. Oh, 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 and before I forget, Ahmaud Arbery's case uh, uh, was thrown out. There was no charge against the white men because the fact of the matter is they just didn't want to deal with it and that there was no evidence. They didn't want to deal with it at all. With that being said, these events compounded with the economic downturn due to COVID-19 and the absence leadership during this pandemic has created a sense of urgency, not only from African-Americans, but also a majority of Americans that want change. In this past week, we have seen nearly 30 cities who are protesting and rioting. And 25 of those cities are imposing curfews. Now, see, what I just said is the baseline knowledge of how we got here. Using what we know from the past, years ago, decades ago, with the civil rights movement, with knowing what African-Americans have been subjugated with, with knowing why police brutality is a big issue in our, in our country, knowing the people who have died this year, and trust me, there are many more African-Americans who've been who've been killed by police officers this year. Knowing those three prominent names and knowing what's going on is connected to help us know how we got here. And I want to get to the next thing about going diving in more into what these protests 
are really about, what these protests are doing, what is different, what is getting people to look everything. Because, look, let's be honest with ourselves. We've had protests for many, many years. If you do a quick search on the amount of protests in America, you will see that there have been protests and riots since 1775, since the 1700s. But if you really want to be specific, we have had a riot for changes for the African-American community in cases of equality and respect by our own country. You can look back from 1983. And the last major one we had was in 2016. And even though we've had this so many times, people are people are are just looking at this and this is different than before people are becoming more aggressive people are not letting this down people are continuing to do do these protests to do these riots to do everything and we have to understand about everything the information the opinions and the statements that we know now people are understanding why these protests seem to be more aggressive than previous ones Today's generation is well-equipped, well-informed, and well-aware of the troubles that cause us to protest. We live in a technology-fueled time where we know what the police are doing and the troubles that are causing us. And we also know how they are also killing African Americans time after time after time again. And knowing this, we have advocated for change. We have advocated for more diversity in prominent roles, such as lawyers, judges, mayors, governors, etc. We have advocated for so many things so that it could lead to a moment to where we can see a decrease or even just a number zero in the amount of times African Americans are killed by police officers in the future. And yes, we have achieved those goals we have more diversity in certain roles i won't say in every role but in certain roles you have lee marriott a prominent african-american lawyer that is leading the charge you have sean king a prominent social justice leader leading the charge into that you have so many other people leading into the leading into these into these roles but the problem is is that there hasn't been any progress when it comes to police officers being charged with murder, with killing African-Americans of every age, size, gender, no matter what. There hasn't been any progress. And to top it all that, in addition, the protests in previous years have been met with nothing more, with nonviolent interactions and with that even happening, police officers and other white Americans respond to these interactions with violent actions, with tear gas, from baton strikes to racial slurs. But the worst thing of all, silence and any change whatsoever. Silence from white Americans who, who just don't care. Silence from those same white Americans who don't want to do anything. They, they want to say as much as they want. They want the culture, everything, but they don't want to say anything. Their silence from police officers, even the same police officers who murder those African-American men and women. Silence. These protests said by many 
are a reflection of the attitudes many police officers and other Americans show, show to us. The anger, the neglection, the disappointment, the ferocity, and so much more. And with that, there is rioting, looting, and vandalism. And I will say this once, this is not coming from just African-Americans. We can admit that some African-Americans are doing this, but it is coming from white protesters, other from protesters from other diversities. It is coming from other people. This, these actions are coming from almost everybody, from people coming out at night. And with this, we've had so many debates and so on social media regarding what's going on, regarding if this is too aggressive or even if we need to get a little bit more aggressive. Even with these debates, it's not so widespread. Not everybody is torn apart. People are trying to divide, but people are trying to torn everything apart. But really, the majority of us believe that this is wrong. And even with these debates, like I said with Sean King, Lee Marriott, there are other people that are leading the charge into this fight. A young African-American woman, young African-American women are leading the charge into this. Young African-American men are leading the charge. From top to bottom, people are leading the charge into this fight. It's ranging from hometown leaders to social justice leaders. And really, if I got to go more deep into it before I start going to what I wanted to say, let me just share some of the things that people have been saying regarding this fight, regarding these protests. One of, one of the big things is that if you're neutral and if you're staying in the middle about what you choose, about all of this, and you're African-American, no matter what, you are joining the side of the oppressor. You, if you don't understand the struggle, you're, not, you're already losing the battle. You have to do this by any means necessary. There's so many things that I can quote on, but I can't take too much time about it because I can, I can do this on for days. But I want to go into really the meat of this episode, what this episode is all about. So many things that I've observed through this past week, so many things that I've taken notice, so many things that I've decided to understand in these past several days. And I want to talk about what effect it has on me and the others around my circle and people just like me, my age. And I'll tell you right now, I have been mentally distraught this whole week. There are so many days where I start to feel for myself that I just need to break down and cry. There are so many days where I start to just stay in my room, pray that this is all all will be over soon. And I start to realize that this is something that happens time after time after time again. 
It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. You start to realize, and this is an account of recount of how I felt. You start to realize that this is an ongoing cycle of just destruction, disappointment, anger, frustration, moving on, and then it comes back to haunt you. We are always pitted with an African American, a young African American male or female being killed by police officers. We protest for those officers to be charged. And some days they're not even charged at all. And other days they are. But leading up to the trial, leading up to all of that, you just find out that they're not going to jail. You find out that they've been acquitted because there's not enough evidence, even though there are like five different videos or something. They're still acquitted. And it leads to more protests. It leads to more riots. It leads to more vandalism, more looting, more violent interactions between police officers and regular African Americans, and even Americans in general in this situation. And not only does it lead to this, it leads to our mental health. African Americans are already subjugated to disproportionately some crazy results from our mental health status. African American men are already dealing with the troubling fact that they can't trust the government and the people around them that are supposed to protect them, that are supposed to protect and serve, that are supposed to make sure that they advance in the world because so many things are pushed down onto them. We as African Americans always have to make sure that our mental health is kept in check because we always have to deal with the fact that our next day could be our last day without even knowing it just think about it put yourself in the shoes of an african-american every time you go into your car and you start driving you picture yourself driving on the interstate a police officer is tailing you police officer that is telling you, you look behind and you start to get nervous. Your heart starts to pound a little bit. You start to think a little bit about what should I do? But then you realize, don't worry, it's fine. But then the lights turn back on. The sirens go off. Your heart starts to beat even faster. You start to realize this is something that I don't know if this is about me or something else. You turn to the exit of the interstate. Police officer still following you. He's even slowing down. You start to get really, really scared. You start going for your wallet. You start going for everything. Your mental health is in disarray. And then you realize police officer just skips upon you and then is driving down because there's something else going on. You can start to feel calm on the outside, but on the inside, that's stuck with you the whole day because that last day, could have been your last day. That one encounter could have been your last day. And this is something that people like myself always deal with. And our mental health is affected by this by so much. And um, 
let me see if I can find it right here. There's an article that actually talks about the mental health of African-Americans. And it's a it's a big thing. It's a big, big thing. Knowing that police shootings are the leading cause of death for African-American men. And this is from an article from the L.A. Times, knowing that police brutality is the number one cause for African-American men. It's one of the most troubling facts. A black man or woman can can really deal with. And with that, I still want to try to compare different generations of African-Americans and their fight against this. And and this is going to be kind of like, this is what it is. The old generation talking about what they did with the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, uh, leaders in the Southern community, Selma, just everything with that. It was all about nonviolent interaction, nonviolent protest. And it was effective. But the thing that always gets criticizing that is that it took too long for change to happen with nonviolent interactions we still had people beaten killed raped arrested everything and even though we got what we wanted even though some voter suppression was over well quote unquote over because let's let's just be honest with ourselves there is still voter suppression here in America now even with Jim Crow being uplifted and everything. There was still actions towards the African-American community that kind of just said it in the limelight that not a lot of things are going to change, even though if it seems to be major change, not a lot of things seem like they're going to change in the future unless we do something. They can institutional racism was still alive. So in a way, it was still effective, but still not as effective as we wanted it to be. So you look on to the next generation, the generation we are in now, and we talk about what we're doing with it. And people always criticize that it's more violent. It's more aggressive. It's not the way. Think about what your people did back in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. And the response that the response met with that is just we've tried that so many times and it hasn't worked. And I'll be honest with you. It, you can be, we can be as nonviolent as we want, but people, police officers, people will always criticize on it. When Kaepernick kneeled in NFL games, you guys said that's not the right way of doing it. When LeBron James made a movement to say that it wasn't right for white anchors on Fox News to say, just shut up and play ball. And when he did that, you guys said it wasn't the right way. The nonviolent protest that we do now, you guys are saying it's not the right way. The nonviolent protest we did in Ferguson was not the right way. The nonviolent protest we did in Baltimore wasn't the right way. So, yes, 
people are going to understand that nonviolence may not be the answer and that being as aggressive as the police officers are to that one African-American that they're choking down the street, that they're punching in their face, that they're tasing and shooting in the head and in the heart and everywhere in their body, maybe that might just be the answer. That's what people are leading towards because everything we do, it's criticized. It's wrong. Now, I will say this. The rioting and the looting, even though it's a little bit justified, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's the best thing to do. It's not. Because the main argument that people are saying is that when you riot and loot, you're destroying your own black owned businesses. And the other side is saying they have insurance. Merchandise can be merchandise can be replaced. A black person's a black person can't be replaced. And that is definitely, definitely true. But I also want to say this as well. There are people out there. Undercover cops. Americans that just want to see things burn. People who are speaking out for George Floyd, but in reality, they're not. They're just in the cause of destruction. They are the ones that are destroying, they are rioting, they are looting. There are people out there who are also just angry and frustrated from what is going on. I'll put this in perspective. In 2020 alone, we have dealt with scares of a third world war. We have faced numerous African, African-American icons and just, just icons in general that have died. Kobe Bryant. We have dealt with a pandemic that has swept the world forcing us to not interact with people. We have dealt with a, a president who has said a lot of choice things that even though we're not surprised about, we're just disgruntled, we're angry about it. The absence of leadership during this pandemic. Numerous other things that in the, in the end kind of scare us. And now you topple this. The constant reminder that we as African-Americans cannot be safe in our own country. The country that we built, the country that we serve for everything. We can't be comfortable. So, of course, people are going to loosen up and bring that tension out in a form of anger, in a form of rioting, looting. Even though it won't be right, you have to understand where some of these people are coming from. Not everybody's there to be an anarchist. Not everybody's there to just cause us trying to go crazy. There are even people out there that are trying to cause destruction to our white supremacists and people who don't want to see change that always make excuses for African-Americans wanting to have equality that are there to cause destruction. Did you not see a video of an old white man with a bow and arrow on the street trying to shoot the bow and arrow to nonviolent protesters and then you see a whole bunch of white people and other protesters a, a whole bunch of diversity going towards that white man taking his bow and arrow and hitting him with everything they they got and then moments later he gets interviewed by the news 
and he makes up a complete lie saying that he was trying to shout out on his window and that two black men beat him up. There are people out there like him that are trying to cause destruction, that are trying to wow people up. There was a white man that tried to burn down City Hall in my home in Nashville. There are people trying to make a mockery of what this protest is all about. There are people out there that are trying to just cause destruction. So don't get mad at the people who are doing this. Actually look and see what's going on. Actually understand why all of this is happening. And that is something that I had to be clear with myself as well, that I had to come to truths to. And this is something else I want to actually like figure out for myself too. What is the process of becoming a police officer in America? What is the process of that? And as I type this in and honest and I looked this up and I wanted to try to get a clear picture so that we can all understand what is going on. Here's the steps. Obtain a high school diploma or GED. Meet all the other minimum requirements. Obtain a bachelor's degree, which is optional. Pass the law enforcement interest exam. Graduate from police academy and work towards a promotion. And, you know, there's this one thing by USA Today that's saying becoming a police officer is not easy. But after all the blood, sweat, and tears, earning your police badge will feel dignifying. That is not true. What it seems to be is that becoming a police officer is really, really easy. You have police officers sworn in to hold, with, uphold the badge as they're supposed to honor, to protect and serve. And these look like the thugs that they're trying to put the name out to African-Americans. There was, an, there was a police officer that literally tased and then sat on a black adult in New York just because he wasn't social distancing. And this was way before this these whole protests. There was actually a string of police brutality cases in New York because there was a, a statistic that a statistic, I'm sorry, a statistic that was saying Latinos and African Americans had the most cases of COVID-19 and that police officers were going in there trying to enforce that to those communities and those African Americans were met with brutality with disrespect while white people weren't so when I see these steps of becoming a police officer and I see all these things that you can just look up and everything. It's not right. And if I had to provide a change to this, it needs to be more strenuous. I don't care what people have done in the past to make it better. I know we have body cams. I know we have more detailed reports, but you need to make it better. You need police officers to get a bachelor's degree. They need to take classes of psychology, African-American studies, black psychology, sociology. They need to understand of what they're, who they're dealing with, how to better interact with people. 
because what's going on now is not helping. If you have a thousand and four African-Americans being killed in one year, like I said, this was happened in 2019. If you have that, then you are obviously doing a fucked up job. And that's just the case. And that's one of the factors of why we haven't progressed as a society. That's one of the reasons why we haven't achieved the goals and the dreams that we want to have for this country. I can go on and on and on, but like when it comes to these issues, we don't we don't have a better process for people to become police officers. We don't uphold the judicial system on these police officers or to any white Americans that do this. We try to teach and we try to have you guys learn from our side of the story. But at the same time, you guys just come at us with constant, constant, like dismissal, disapproval, everything. It's just really tough, man. It's really, really tough. And there's so many other things with that too. There are so many African-American households that 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 are mainly ran by African-American women. If you look at this article from PBS.org NewsHour on how black Americans live, have, and haven't changed since Dr. King's death, you look at it, there's been an increase from 34% African-American house, households raised from African-American women to a 72%, to 72%. And even though we have more of like a, we have an increase in annual salary, 34,000 ain't a lot, bro. 34,000 is not a lot. We, there's so many things that put us in the bar to where we're really just not able to progress as much. There is still health inequality, health disparity, social inequality, financial inequality, Every time we try to put a financial footprint in our country, we they just throw it away. They just wash it off. Now, yes, there are some problems within our own African-American community, but we already know that. We're trying to work on that. We're already getting a little better in that. But the thing, the, the place that we haven't been able to achieve in is within the realm of this and racism. Some may even say that this isn't just African-Americans versus white people or African-Americans versus the police. This is America versus racism. And for that, I'm going to actually agree with that. This is supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave, but I don't see there's nothing free or anything to be brave about. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. And... I want to actually like kind of, you know, end it off on these last two points. Uh, the first point I want to add on, I want to leave on is when you look this back, people are trying to compare this to the L.A. riots. The L.A. riots in which Rodney King was beaten mercilessly and the officers in that trial were acquitted and all hell broke loose in L.A. And you saw a lot of black owned businesses and just businesses in the L.A. area just being destroyed. A lot of people saying we don't need to get back to that. 
But what's crazy is that when you literally look at it, and yes, it was a big problem. It's a big, dark, uh, ugly spot in African-American history, in American history, really. The one thing I do notice is that people, people did get their point across, though. People did get their points, their points across, though, to people. Was it in the best manner? No, but it happened. What I'm seeing now in these protests and in these riots, that people are getting their point across to people. Not to everybody, but to most. And when I say not everybody, there are some people out there. You know, the president is saying that this isn't regarding racism. And then even one of his peers or like somebody in his in, in the White House said that this there is no such thing as systematic racism or institutional racism that every police officer, 99 percent of the police force in America is right. But then he would go on to say that there are a few bad apples in the bunch. First of all. You just contradicted what you said because you said 99 percent of the police force. Right. That's nearly 100 percent. You have a few bad apples. I'm, I'm giving like. 50% half and half or something but and the other thing is is that if you have a few bad apples you've already you already ruined the pie <laughs> I know I've taken this from you know other people but like it's the truth that saying is really the truth if you have a few bad apples the whole pie is ruined everything is ruined you make it worse for everybody you make the whole brand of the police force just terrible you you scrutinized it so like i said when you look back at the la riots the rodney king riots and what's going on now the one thing i could take away is that a point was taken across and this is the last thing i want to leave on to it i am a 20 year old 21 year old african-american male i do fear for my life I do fear for what will happen to me in my life. I do fear of being stopped by the police because I don't want to die. I want to be comfortable where I'm at and I want to be able to do what I want to do without living in fear about what's going on. I want not only my voice, but other people's voices heard. There are some things I disagree with and there are some things I agree with wholeheartedly and what with I really agree with in this whole situation is that we've tried everything and this was bound to happen and you must fight for what you believe in and we all believe that racism needs to stop I have, I already know that racism is kind of just universal it happens everywhere we know we're still going to deal with it, but that doesn't mean we can't just ignore and just leave it alone. When I made this podcast, I had never thought that I was going to use current events to drive home what I was going to say. I never thought that I would be making a special episode 
or something like that just to get viewers coming here and this isn't something that i'm trying to get viewers to like watch and everything this isn't something that i'm just trying to take advantage of it that's just despicable what i'm doing is that i'm using my platform like i said before i'm using my platform to speak out on the injustices in the dis blatant disrespect that police officers in America has given to African Americans and everything. We, we, no justice has been served. And there are strong-willed men and women out there that are fighting for us, that are protesting out in the streets. And I advise everybody to keep going. I advise everybody to keep doing what you got to do. I advise everybody to go out there and be safe. And I advise everybody, be smart and fight for the good fight. I do not hate police officers. I do not hate people. Hate is a strong word. But I am very, very disgruntled about what is going on. And I am angry. The best that I can do is use this platform to speak up. To spread awareness and to teach motivate and ignite what this podcast is about to do i've said that so many times but that is definitely the truth and even no matter how many times you listen to this or when you listen to this at all i hope my message gets to you all i hope that it helps you learn and helps you and motivate yourself to get in there and fight that's what I really, really hope this episode does. I really hope my words get to you all. I know that my audience is small. I know that everything that I do has been kind of just quick. I started this podcast nearly a month ago. It'll be a couple of weeks, it'll be two months, but it doesn't matter. I'm doing what I want to do, what I have to do, because it's the right thing to do. With that that being said, thank you so much for listening to this special episode of TMI. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Uh, you can go ahead and visit the website and all of the platforms to listen to this episode. Uh, I'm very grateful that you guys take the time to listen to what I have to say. And uh, if there's anything you want to add on, uh, any feedback, any criticisms, any praise, anything whatsoever, just to make this monologue into a dialogue between you and I, I'm very much appreciative of this and that I want to learn as much as I can and I want to be able to help as much as I can as well. There's only so much I can do, but I want to be able to do that. Thank you guys so much. Stay, stay blessed, stay safe, stay you and fight the good fight. Good night.